0: I've called my message today God's, God's valentine to us. God's valentine to us. <laughs> Let me just quickly tell you what it is. I'm holding it in my hand. You said nobody gave me a card. No, God gave you 66 books. And, uh, and it's all to tell you how much you're loved. From cover to cover. This is God's written word. This is his gift to us as he put in the hearts of 40 different writers over a period of 3,000 years in three different languages from three different continents, your Valentine was written. And it never returns void. It's not something that you'd want to replace for tangible things because in this book is the word of life. In this book, you'll find out what love really is that God is love, and I want you to think with me this morning about how special we must be for God to spend 3,000 years of history to write us something that ought to have real special meaning on this Valentine's Day. So I want you to turn in the Bible to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, and I want you to Watch the screen if you don't have your Bible. Let me read to you our text of the morning to open our sharing together. Proverbs 35 says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. I want you to listen to 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, written thousands of years later. And these things... We write to you that your joy may be full. And then in 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him, or we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. And then in Luke eleven twenty eight, very short scripture, blessed are they that hear the word and keep it. Amen. It's wonderful to get a Valentine that is so thorough, so clear and so relevant that gives you hope and help and instructions and can guide us into all truth. And to know it and to keep it is to have a life that no one has until they have invited the living God into their life. I don't know, but I think most of us have trouble, I know I sure do, picking out cards for special people on special occasions to go into a Hallmark store or into a drugstore, and there's just rows of cards. And they're for birthdays, anniversary, Christmas, retirement, illness, sympathy. I mean, good gracious, you know. And you, and you pick one up, and you put it down. And then you pick up another one, you put it down. Then you pick up another and put it down. Then you finally find two, and you like both of them. Then you turn them over and see which one's the cheapest and you go buy that one and go to the cash register. But, but it's quite an ordeal. And I got to thinking as I, as I was getting this sermon ready how much money I could save if I just sent all my Christmas cards out of this one. If I could find in this one the perfect words to convey my love and most important, the love of my God to people that need to be loved and need to feel special on whatever day it might be. To be in a hospital and find out because somebody sent you a card from the scripture that told you that God can heal of any disease. To send somebody in sorrow, the passages, and there's so many of them to pick from, that I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't you worry about it. I'm there. We're going through it. And so today I just wanted to come back and from last Sunday I, I, I shared with you the words of Charles Haddon and It says you don't, anybody that tries to win God's battles with the devil's weapons is going to cut their finger and it's going to bleed. Yeah. You can't win it with, God's, uh, with the devil's weapons. But the weapons of our warfare, this is the sword of the Lord. There's power in the word of God. And God has written us in the books of Scripture so many things that you can spend your lifetime and not really pick them all out for the proper occasions. But you know what my people call the Bible different things. My favorite words are, it's the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Somebody took the time to count how many times In the scripture, the Bible records the words the Lord said, the Lord spoke, and the word of the Lord, those three phrases. When they added them all up, there were over 3,000 times those words were used. The Lord said, the scripture says, the word of the Lord. You see, God gave us his word for a purpose, He gave us his word in order that we could understand some things that the world is questioning and maybe we are questioning. We can find the answers to some very difficult and complicated questions if we search the scriptures. It's also a book to help instruct us In the ways of righteousness. In other words, not only to be one that hears the word, but we become doers of the word, and this is the way we become doers. It's all right here. And when we're confused and we don't know which way to go, we don't know which way to turn, this becomes the book of instructions. Wow, I hope more than just myself needs that at times. I find this book to be the greatest encourager of any book I've ever read to me personally. When I read it personally and say, God, speak to me. Don't give me a sermon. Give me a personal word. It's the greatest encourager. It'll make you feel better about yourself when you understand how important you are to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And how blessed you are to be adopted into that family. And all the benefits that go with that, And I know also that it's great to have this book when I get lost and can't find my way. If you've ever been lost, you know, you never intended to get lost. And when you get lost, you wonder if anybody knows where you are. And then if they know where you are, you wonder, if they ever going to come get you? Do they love you enough to come get you? Well, it's all right here. I'm lost in trespasses of sin. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross to come get me. And that son rose from the grave on Sunday morning after dying on Friday. And one day I invited him into my heart as a little boy. And from that day on, he's never walked out. I've never had a storm so great on my life that I couldn't find peace in the storm. I have never had a time in my life when I wanted to quit. As long as I knew the Lord had further for us to go. That he would lead if he could just find somebody that will follow. Let me tell you what's going on in our nation. We say, I just wish God would just just free our nation from all the messes that we're in. I think God's wondering if His nation really wants to follow him. I mean, if you were God knowing what you know with the friends you have, how likely is it that they're really wanting to follow God? or they want to follow their political persuasions. You have to think about those things, folks, or you get caught up in the mire of what everybody else is saying and what everybody else is doing. How many times have you heard, even this week, did you hear on the news? I read in the paper. Did you watch on television the news? How many people have said, Hey, did you hear what the Bible says? Instead of saying, let me tell you what I heard on the news, how many people have said, let me tell you what I read in the Bible this week? Kind of gets quiet, doesn't it? We like to tell everybody what CNN says and what Fox is saying, and what ABC is saying, and what all the candidates are saying. How about somebody telling somebody what God says? God's not looking for a president. He's king of kings and Lord of lords. He is God, and he has given us a clear, beautiful love gift, his written word that will answer every question of every problem that ever come your way. Every single one. Oh, we're a little bit stubborn. Maybe today somebody needs to be encouraged. Maybe somebody's here today that you have sensed a weakness in your faith. You're beginning to stumble. You may be struggling with giving. You may be struggling with serving. You may be struggling with going. And you just don't really know. All you know is you're miserable and things aren't going like you'd like. And you really can't find out why God put you on this planet. But you may not be willing to be still and know that He is God and that He will speak when his servants are willing to listen. Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to me carefully. God will never, ever, 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 ever tell you anything personally that is not proven in this book, nor will it contradict this book. You hear what I just said? If the Bible says it, that settles it. If you said God told me something, that doesn't settle it until it can be verified in the word of God. God does not tell some of us some big secrets that he hadn't told the others because we're super spiritual. He just wrote it down. And if you can read with about a third grade reading level, you can get it. It's right here. But we've got to be honest with ourselves because we get caught up in the fads and we get caught up in the culture And we become helpless and we become hopeless. We feel like we're losing the battle. We're just that close to giving up. And it's very interesting that people that say they're Christians, when they go through those times, usually the first thing they do is shut their Bible and quit coming to the bride of Christ, the church. First thing they do, and I will say they quit giving. Of their time, their talents, and their substance. They run from the very answer to the dilemma they're facing and wonder, why aren't things getting any better? They don't get any better until you come to the one that you're supposed to follow. And to follow any other thing is to lead you into uh, either spiritual losses by simply not knowing what God's purpose for your life is, even after you become a child of God. Ephesians 6, 17 says, as we get in the battle, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? Your personality? Your education? No, the Word of God. This is the sword. You say, yeah, but I don't understand it. Well, if you knew the author, you'd understand it. If you'd give your heart to Christ, you would understand it. If you would get born into the family, you would understand the heart of God. It's different from the heart of anybody else you ever made. You'd understand the power of God because all power is given to Him, not to anybody else you've ever known. If you want to be wise, He knows all truth. He's the way, He is the truth. And if you're spending tens of thousands of dollars to get an education and you throw the Bible away, you're in serious, serious trouble. Man, I heard a politician the other night say we're going to provide a free education to all our kids. What kind of schools? What are they going to be teaching at those schools? Right. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. What are they going to be teaching at schools where God is left out of the school because it is the rule to no separation? We got to have separation church and state. What would be the problem? With it? How would you like to have a nation full of kids who got a free education that were taught that God is dead? They're taught, they're taught there's no right, there's no wrong. Yeah, but it sounds good. No, it doesn't sound good. Not if you know the Bible. This is the answer. You want an education? You can get it right here. No tuition. It's here. It's here. Let me give you some scriptures. 1 Thessalonians two thirteen. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, The word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. God's word becomes real and relevant to those that believe. And when we believe, God leads us into all truth. He delivers and forgives us from all sin. He points us in the direction that he had planned for us to go And all we have to do is follow him. And when we fall down, he will pick us up. And he'll set us again on the solid rock until we can regain our spiritual strength. I'm sure today that in this auditorium and on television that I am speaking to many that feel helpless and hopeless. (laughs) You're just that close to giving up. Many today will take their life in this country. They give up. They quit. Maybe you're one of those. Just maybe you are about to quit. I'm finished with it. I'm done with it. I've been on a treacherous journey. I am totally lost. And I don't think anybody cares for my soul. There's one. There's one. His name is Jesus. He's the living Word. He is the living Word that was promised by the written Word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and is a, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the small and the great. Make fun of the scriptures. May I remind everyone that hears my voice, God calls the Bible the Word of God. Of God. As you watch and listen, and now our nation will pick another Supreme Court judge. One that believes this book has just died. And I would like for any one of you to show me any proof that this nation is is not being led away from this book being the word of God. If that happens, and it is happening. Judgment is coming. Well, I just don't worship that kind of God. If you worship the God of this book, you worship that kind of God. He has made it very, very clear. Very, 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 very clear. You know, the more liberal a person gets, here's a way you can pick them out. They don't talk, they don't use the word Bible. Well, the parables say, you ever hear that one? Well, I was reading from the Pauline epistles. You know that sounds like I got me a little Bible education, and I'm not going to use the word. But I'm the Pauline epistles? Well, now, was Pauline a man or was Pauline a woman? You know I mean, that kind of stuff. Well, the disciples said. I read a story where one of the disciples said, "And uh, are you ready for this one?" The good book says. You ever hear anybody say that? I know the good book says. Hey, folks, this is not the good book. This is the Bible. This is God's word. It's not a good book. It's a personal word from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And for us to talk about the man upstairs and the good book, we better be careful. He's not the man upstairs. He's the man that is risen from the grave and through the Holy Spirit is right here in this room right now. He's not up there somewhere. He is here. I like that song. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. That's how I know. That's how I know. God's written word to us is inerrant. It is perfect. It is infallible. It cannot be broken without consequences. And When one decides that they will not believe, and many Christians, many churches, thousands of churches have made the declaration, they do not believe this Bible to be the inspired, inerrant, and infallible word of God. They'll make no bones about it when that decision is made. Watch out. This is either God's word or it's not God's word. And if it's not God's word, you could just throw it over in the category of some good books that you read a little bit of recently. But God warns us about taking that position. And one decides they're not going to believe the Bible. You know what they have left to believe? Human opinions. And then they can choose what they believe, what they teach, and what they preach, and what they follow. Human writers... Now, listen to this. People say, well, that was written by a bunch of humans. Let me tell you something. This book was written by humans and it is the written Word of God. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin Mary, a human being, and became the living Word of God. The same thing happened. God chose a woman to bring His Son into the world. He chose 40 authors to tell the world about who he is that were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write through the hands of man, just like he chose a woman to bring his son. The written word and the living word have that in common. God chose us, and you know what? In order to have a born-again child of God, you gotta find a sinner and some grace and put it together. God will provide the grace I'll provide the sinner and we'll get it all together and I will be born again into something unbelievable. Amen. And I'll have something that money can't buy and death can't take away from me. And I can know that I know that I know that Jesus Christ lives in my life. I want to read to you again Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that put their trust in him. You know what, when I think about how the Holy Spirit inspired that book and how the Holy Spirit allowed Mary to conceive, and then I think of how the Holy Spirit played a part in my own conversion and in your conversion, it begins to kind of put things a little bit better when we sing a song like I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. That I am so glad that I've been adopted into the family. Amen. You know how I know the Bible cannot err? Because God cannot err. The God that wrote it cannot err. Therefore, what he writes cannot err. So I want to tell you again if nobody sent you a Valentine's card? <laughs> read the scripture. My beautiful wife gets up about an hour before I do. I get up, stumble to the coffee pot, sit down, and she said, before you turn on the news, I want to read you a scripture. And that's the way my days began. It's a good way. It's a good way. If you can start with that, then everything else, if the coffee's not good, you don't have a holy fit. <laughs> and if you spill it on your lap, you don't say, you just say, oh me. You see, God's Word is a peace in the midst of the storm. When the, the person puts their hand on the Bible and takes the oath and holds up their hand, there's some comfort about that for those few minutes of when someone is sworn into office. Of course, that's going by the way now. We don't want anybody to do that. My goodness, they might live by the truth. Tell the truth. We wouldn't want any leaders like that. I'm going to give you a challenge today. I'm going to... I'm going to give you some homework this afternoon. I don't normally do this, and you're watching. You can do this, too. What's the date? What's the day, what number? 14, right? Go home, read the 14th proverb today. Just go home and read the, I dare you. I double-dog dare you. <laughs> to show you how relevant on Valentine's Day is that this book is, try the 14th chapter proverb, and our members know, Guess that the Proverbs, there's 31 of them. There's one for every day. Just read that one every day and just keep reading it for the next 50 years and on that day, you'll find something in that chapter. Read the 14th chapter. I promise you today, you're gonna find something that's gonna impact your life. Today, on this Valentine's Day, with all of its meaning and all of its ramifications. 2 Peter 1.20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, But the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's the way our Bible came into play. Holy men of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, penned the Bible that becomes what we call and has become the Holy Bible. God called the Bible the Word of God. He called Jesus the Son of God. The Holy Spirit never contradicts the Word of God. They walk together. The way they were conceived, the living Word, the Holy Word. Let me read you some comparison scriptures. Listen to this. The Son, the living Word, the Bible, the written Word of God... First of all, at conception. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 3:16. All Scripture, I'm talking about the written word. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions of righteousness. Now, that's the written word. Now, let's look to the living word. John 1, 14. And the word became flesh. It dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Note the parallel. Also, the living Word and the written Word were continuous. They were similar in their continuation. Written Word, Isaiah 48, the grass will wither, the flowers will fade, but the Word of God will stand forever. Now compare that to Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see how they move together? There's a continuation of the written Word and the living Word. How about in creativity? Let's go to the written Word, the Bible, Hebrews 11:3. 3. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then the living Word is Ephesians 1, 7. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches, of His grace. But He goes on. The living Word and the written Word are similar in their cleansing. Listen to the written words. John 15, 3. Now you are clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. Now listen to the living Word, how He cleans our hearts. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteous. We're cleansed by the word, written, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Both of them parallel, right down the road. We're similar in their condemnation. Here's what the Bible says. John 12:48. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that will judge him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. That's the written word. The living word, John five twenty two, For the father judges no man, but has committed all the judgment. To who? To his son. To his son. Our Bibles are as spotless in character as the son of God is spotless. He is without fault. He was truly the son of God. This truly is the word of God. How can anybody call Jesus Lord and reject the Scripture? I don't understand it. You say, well, I'll come talk to you, preacher. I wish you would. I need to understand that. How in the world can you reject one and believe in the other? I don't understand that. I don't know how anyone can call Jesus Lord and reject his view of the Scripture. And Jesus' view of the Scripture is And the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord said. All through the life of Jesus, what is he doing? He is quoting the Old Testament scripture. What happened when the devil came against him? Three times, he answered with the scripture, the scripture, the scripture, the scripture. It was good enough, the Old Testament, good enough for for Jesus. Why can't the New Testament be good enough for us? It's God's word. It's God's word. Followers of Satan... They fear God's Word. They fear God's Word. Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew five eighteen, For verily I say unto you, Jesus talking, sermon on the mount, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law, till all of it be fulfilled. You know what God says? He said, I'm not, I'm not rewriting this book. You say, well, I just don't think it's relevant anymore. Too bad because it's all you're going to get. He's not going to rewrite it. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And don't you think for one minute that the world is not scared to death of this book. If they can just keep the churches from using it, they think they can win. But you'll have no trouble with the Koran. You'll have no, no trouble with the writers of Mary Baker Eddy. You will have no trouble with any of the writings of any other religion in the world in any public school, but you'll have trouble with this one. And there's some bit of, I'll just say to them, they have a right to be concerned because there's power in this book. I'll tell everybody, if you go somewhere where it's a crowd and can't get on the elevator and you work in an office like that, get your Bible about this big and just carry it in the morning. You you just go up to the elevator and just push the button and just kind of say, well, good morning. God loves you, and I do too. They'll let you go by yourself (laughs) up to the top floor. (laughs) They're scared to death of this book, scared to death. There's power, power, wonderful, power in the blood, and there's power in the word. No sin can be hidden. And all sin save one can be forgiven. All can be forgiven. What's that one? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote this book. The Holy Spirit that leads you to Jesus. You can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit because you can't get to Jesus. That's the reason that's an unpardonable sin. There's no other way to get there. You gotta come through the power of the Holy Spirit, which wrote the book and lives in the life of the Son of God. So we're convicted by the Word, Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We're converted by the Word. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which lives and bides forever. We're cleansed by the Word, John 15:3. Now you're clean through the Word which I have spoken unto you. We are controlled by the word. Second Timothy three sixteen, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then finally we're confined by the word, not by the church, or confirmed by the word. Not by the church. You don't get confirmed by the church. This word well it's where the confirming comes. Don't call me Lord, Lord, do not the things which I have written and say. John five twenty four. 24. Very, very, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And so, because of God's word, we better not reject it. We better not deny it. Distort it. Ignore it. Or dilute it. You don't change the recipe. We must bow before it. We must trust that the Holy Spirit has protected it. I want to close with a story, and I'll be brief, but I want you to listen to it very carefully. I heard this story personally when I was a teenager in Zurich, Switzerland, when I had the privilege to spend three hours as a young teenager with Billy Graham and three preachers, including my father, in a hotel in Zurich, Switzerland. He told the story then. I have read it since then. Here's the story. 1949, Billy Graham was a young man. He had doubts about the Bible. When Billy Graham would stand to preach, he had no power. He, he, he had a personal battle with the absolute authority of Scripture. Billy Graham said that in desperation, one day, having no power, no impact, and totally miserable, and frustrated because I couldn't intellectually understand, he said, I surrendered my life to the living God revealed in the Scripture and he told me many things in this book I do not understand. And you have said the just shall live by faith. And here, here, right now, by faith, Billy Graham said to God, I'm going to take the Bible as your word. I'll preach it without reservations. Six weeks later, Billy Graham stood And Los Angeles Crusade, thousands came in that crusade to know Christ. One of them was a man by the name of Stuart Hamlin. You said, I never heard of him. Well, he wrote, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. And Billy Graham took the two-edged sword from that moment, six weeks after this young man that was so gifted but so ineffective turned his life over to the Lordship of Christ and the authority of this book. And he started preaching Jesus. And if you've ever heard Billy Graham preach over and over and over and over again, what does he say? The Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And in every continent and every, every country where that man has stood from that day forward, millions in total, have come to Jesus Christ. What did he change? His looks, his accent. Let's bow our heads and pray. And I heard all the young preachers in in southern Mississippi and Texas trying to say pray. What changed Billy? He made one decision one day. I'm going to preach this book and leave the results to God. And God has showed him a lot of results and he's still alive. And you wouldn't be around him very long. Even in casual conversation, just like he was when I was, I believe, 13 years old. That night in three hours, many times, he would say, preachers, the Bible says. I was talking to my father and two other preachers. Well, the Bible says, the Bible says, about whatever came up well, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. I want you to go away from here today with your Christmas card. Hallmark didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. God wants you to have it. The price is right. I'll give you one free. But if you're not going to obey it, you're wasting your time. You bet it'll make you miserable if you don't walk with God. But if you're walking with God, you know everything's going to be fine. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? As God used the Bible against Satan, I pray that we will take up and follow suit. Adam chose not to believe what God said. And we've paid the price, and certainly he did. Today could be the best Valentine's Day you've ever had. This could be the day when you came to truth and where somebody handed you something or gave you something that would change the rest of your life for the better. But you've got to make the choice. Only you can make the decision. Is, it, is this the written word of God? And is Jesus the living word? If he is, read it, obey it, and follow him. And the Holy Spirit that wrote it will come into your life and will help you. When you fall down, he will pick you up. He will not condemn you. He will convict you and then lead you back in the ways of righteousness. I'm talking to a lot of you this morning. You've lived quite a few years. You've tried a lot of stuff. So far, on the side of good and making right decisions is almost a big zero. Would you like to change that today? I wanna lead you in a prayer. If you'd like to pray with me right where you are, without standing, if you wanna pray orally out loud, you can, if you wanna pray it silently, But I just want to lead you in a prayer. Dear God, I thank you for your love and for what you've written to me. I thank you not for the card. I thank you for the book. I thank you for all the years it took to put it together and then to make it to where I could get it. And not only can I have salvation free, but I can even have a Bible that's mine. And, oh, God, I pray that you'll hear my prayer. Have mercy on me. Save me, forgive me, lead me, guide me, help me, encourage me, heal me. Only, 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 Father, that I can complete the work that you've called me to do. I'm late getting started. But I know today is the first day of the rest of my life. So I will follow you, wherever you lead. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.